This is episode 18 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Allison Rogers. Gabby and I were doing this podcast and talking to these new songwriters and just being around new music again. Um, it has kind of sparked my writing again. And so I've actually, I've written just in the last month or two, like three or four songs. They're not all finished, but um, it's something. And I'm playing with new sounds. I'm playing with new genres. I'm playing with way, different ways of telling my story. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. In this week's episode, I talked to Allison Rogers, who is a fellow podcaster. She's a co-host of Clinical Populations. If you haven't checked out that podcast, please do. It's another podcast uh, centered around music therapy. Different than this one, though, in that they talk with artists, discuss new songs, uh, look at lyrics and how they would use songs clinically and take that kind of conversational approach to their episodes. And honestly, I've learned a lot from them. It's great to kind of be a fly on the wall for those kinds of conversations. And I really enjoyed having a similar type conversation with Allison today. She has lots of enthusiasm and insight for the various populations she's working with and going back to school and being a podcaster and sharing the awesome experiences she has through that. And I totally agree with what she says about uh, having the platform and being able to share those things and that it's such a special experience and you guys the listeners make that possible so thank you so much for that if you are looking for another way to support the podcast please check out us uh, our facebook group or our other social medias and also if you feel so inclined we have a patreon page so you can check that out at patreon slash music therapy chronicles and uh, you can choose to do a monthly pledge or a one-time donation on Patreon, and whatever you are comfortable with is really appreciated. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Allison, welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Hi, Trisha. How are you? I'm really great. Thank you. How are you doing today? I am awesome. It has been a busy day, but I'm excited to be on this with you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm super excited to interview you as well because you are also a podcaster and we'll Fellow get into podcaster. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So to start us off, though, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so let's see. I live in the suburbs of Dallas, Texas, um, with my boyfriend, Brian, and our two fur babies. We have a cat named Salem and a dog named Lily. Um, and we're both musicians. So music is like a huge part of my life, both professionally and personally. Um, we've actually made it a point lately to spend at least 20 minutes every day um, just making music he used to produce and so um whether it's him playing with sounds and me you know just playing around on the guitar or him playing around on the guitar or the drums you know it's it's really nice to have a partner that i can share that part of my life with um let's see i'm also a songwriter and performer so i've been trying to get back into that i used to do it all the time and just haven't really had a lot of time for that um so i'm trying to get back in the gigging um, what else? I am the oldest of five kids, so there are always a lot of people around me. <laughs> um, and so family, um, is a big part of my life and spend a lot of time, um, chit-chatting with siblings and my mom. My mom's like my best friend, so we're always on the phone or at each other's houses. Um, and next, not next week, week after next, I am going to be a student again. I am starting grad school at Temple University. Um, so life is going to be pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Because you are also, uh, you have a full time music therapy job, and you kind of have a private practice too. And you're gonna be doing yeah. school, and yeah. you have your own podcast, and you made the time to talk to me today. So I really appreciate that. Of course, yeah, everybody's like, so when do you have time to do anything? When do you sleep? And I'm like, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> I make I make time for all kinds of things because I have so many different interests and so many different things that I want to be a part of. And I think I like I was telling you in our email, I wear a bunch of different hats and I enjoy that. So um, I'd much rather be busy than not. Yeah, I can relate to that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like as music therapists, we're just always on the go. So it's just, it comes with the job. <laughs> it does. It does. That should be uh, one of the things we go over in undergrad. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, that it's just, you know, it's just going to keep being busy even after, <laughs> after undergrad. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. At so, least they prepare us well. <laughs> so how did you find out about music therapy? How'd you get into it and to get to where you are now? It has a long story. So I initially was going to go to medical school. Um, I all through high school had this plan of getting into a really awesome university, being a biology major in pre-med, uh, on the pre-med track, and go off to med school to be a neonatologist. I, um, I grew up with a mom who's a nurse, and she worked in the NICU and in labor and delivery, hence the uh, interest in uh, perinatal music therapy. But um, so, yeah, I like I took all of my all of the AP classes and all of the medical terminology and anatomy in high school. I was that crazy senior that didn't use the free time. I wanted to take classes. And then my freshman year of college, I got a job as a medical scribe in a cardiology clinic. And I actually was in that job for four years through college and then worked in gastroenterology for two um, as a medical scribe. And as much as I enjoyed the job, I started looking at these doctors that I was working with and realizing that they have no life. And one of the doctors, you know, he had four kids and just never at home. And um, 
really burned out. I mean, that's why I was there. That's why I had a job is that he couldn't complete all of his tasks and um, would complain all the time. (laughs) And so I was like, man, do I really want to do this? And at the same time, I was really depressed because I didn't have music in my life anymore. Um, Growing up, I was always in choir. I was in band in high school. Um, I was a point ballerina for all of my younger years and just didn't have that creative outlet. And I was sad and, um, two different things kind of like sparked me to try something new in college. Um, one was a good friend of mine took me to a musical and it was one of my favorites. It's Phantom of the Opera. And I knew every word and I was singing. And then all of a sudden I just started crying and I had this realization that I missed being in that creative environment. And I felt so stifled by, all of the memorization and, um, you know, exams and things that I had to get through so that I could go to medical school. And um, the other was my mom's very best friend, who's also a NICU nurse. She and I were chatting one day, and I just kept telling her that I just was sad, and I didn't know what I was, you know, I had this plan, but it just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it anymore, and that I was supposed to be happy, but I wasn't. And she was like, I think you're going to be a music therapist. And that was it. That's all she said. And I was like, what the is music therapy? Like, I don't even know what this is. And so I went home that night and I watched a video and that was it. I fell in love and I had never been one to like make a spontaneous decision or do things without asking my parents first. And I got on the computer and I found um, Southern Methodist University and Texas Women University were the only two in my area that offered music therapy degrees. And unfortunately, SMU was way out of my price range. Um, and so I was like, TWU, and I applied that night and I got accepted. And I just changed my schools. I was in community college. I changed my school. I changed my major. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I was. I always look back and think like, I was sad because I had to go to community college because I couldn't afford the two private universities that I had been accepted into. And I was sad then because like this degree that I was so excited about was not what I thought it was. And then all of a sudden, two years later, I found my path. And so I always like look back and think, you know, timing is everything. And what you may think you want is not exactly what's in plan in your plan. And um, I'm so grateful that I, waited and finally found what my calling was so and it's just been a whirlwind ever since (laughs) yeah so I guess we'll go into um you we're talking about wearing different hats your different clinical experiences what are you doing now tell us about that Yeah, so um, currently I am the music therapy lead um, full-time at a continuing education and vocational program called My Possibilities. We're in Plano, Texas. Um, I work with adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, And this is such a cool place because it's like college for my clients. Um, It's it's very uh, first of its kind, one of the only programs in the country. Um, we're working on, you know, doing a residential portion of our program where there will actually be a neighborhood, an, an inclusive neighborhood where people can, with disabilities and without can live together um, and have access to all kinds of really cool things. Um, and, you know, just give our clients the ability to live on their own and be independent and give them, you know, that voice um, of advocating for themselves and, and knowing what it's like to be a neurotypical adult. 
Um, so it's been really fun because my internship was actually in the school district. And so going from kids to adults was a change, but it's been so fun to, um, you know, just have conversations and have really insightful discussions and improvise and just try new things. Um, so it's such a fun job. Uh, and I get to, I'm the only music therapist, so I get to kind of grow the program and make it how I want and, um, and grow it with our, uh, with our vision, uh, as a company. So it's been, it's been really fun. Awesome. What's that like being a relatively new professional and having all that? It's terrifying. Like when I first, (laughs) I mean, thank goodness, you know, there were two amazing music therapists before me, um, Esther Craven and Morgan Wood, and they did a phenomenal job of laying the groundwork and, you know, it's been an honor to like continue this program and I hope I'm doing it justice. Um, but definitely, you know, I'm only coming up on my second year in October as being an MTBC. And so, um, I started out in my first year and to, you know, be in charge of what happens and, you know, have people come up to you and say, Hey, I have this question. You like, give me your professional advice. And I'm still learning myself. Um, it's been, it's been a challenge, but I enjoy it. And I'm always very honest and say, you know, I don't know the answer, but I know a bunch of other people that can help me. So let me get back to you. Um, so yeah, it's also been very humbling, um, to have to ask for help because that's something that I've been learning as I've been growing. Um, I was not one of those in school to ever raise my hand and ask. You can even ask some of my college professors. They were like, if you need help, you really should raise your hand. Um, so it's definitely taught me to like use that community, don't reinvent the wheel, and and just be okay with um, asking for help. Yeah, totally. So you also are interested in perinatal music therapy. I am. Okay, and you mentioned that stemmed from your mother's profession. So tell us about that. Yeah, so it was so funny. Um, I, one summer I was working uh, a band camp. I had worked this band camp like all through high school and all through college. And I don't know what made me stumble across wanting to think about music therapy and pregnancy, but for some reason I had some like downtime at this camp that I was helping out with and like put in Google um, pregnancy and music therapy and up popped um, sound birthing from Dr. Mary DiCamillo. And I was like, ooh, what's this? So I started doing some research and found out about music therapy-assisted childbirth. And I was like, that is amazing. I need to look into that. And then life happened, and I never did. And um, But it, all of these thoughts of using it um, kept popping up. And I was like, I really want to have a private practice and focus in on that population. And next thing I know, um, a class, an introduction to perinatal music therapy class came along um, and Kate Taylor and Heidi Lingle were running it and they're amazing. Shout out to them. Um, And introduced me to music therapy can be used with fertility. What? Music therapy can be used with postpartum. Music therapy can be used in all aspects of, you know, the perinatal spectrum. And I was like, all right, this is it. I found it. I want to do this. Sign me up. What do I need to do? (laughs) And there's only, um, I believe Dr. DiCamillo was talking about two or 3% of music therapists are working in with this population. Um, So it's, 
it's kind of hard right now to get the word out to clients. I have, um, I have, I have started my private practice, um, Music and Miracles. And so it's in the very early stages. Um, I'm just now doing marketing and getting clients and things. So um, it's just showing people that it's beneficial. And because it's not as publicized as, for instance, you know, um, geriatrics or in the schools, um, people just don't know it's there. And especially with the um, fertility population, they're already spending so much money on treatment and counseling and all these other things that um, sometimes it's hard. And so a lot of people say, I want to, I need to wait. So um, that's been kind of my hurdle that I'm trying to overcome with that. Um, But yeah, I don't know, just growing up with a mom that I was around that and hearing her stories of what she did clinically and then being the oldest of five kids, I was around a lot of pregnancies. Um, I just have always had this like fascination with um, labor and delivery and the birthing process. And um, I'm so glad that I found a way to help people through this process um, holistically and musically. It's really interesting that you've kind of circled back to that medical interest through this different lens. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I'm also eventually when things are not as crazy, I want to do my NICU, um, my NICU training for music therapy. So I, it's funny, you know, I wanted to be an anatologist and all of my research in, in school was always about NICU, um, NICU and music therapy. And so, um, it's just always been around babies. So <laughs> I think I found my calling. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah. So I had a thought and it has now escaped me. That's okay. I hate when that happens. I it's know. <laughs> it was about, okay, so we said medical and you're talking about babies. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you're going back to school for your master's. Are you I kind know. of shaping that? to be related to that, to um, perinatal music therapy? I am. So um, I chose Temple's program, one, because I've heard so many great things about it. Um, As you know, I I loved TWU and I actually, that was my plan to go back to complete that program. Um, But Temple focuses on two different tracks, um, medical and psychotherapy. And so those are my two passions. And um, I just figured, you know, that, that would be the best option for me as far as where I foresee myself heading um, because I'm also going to be getting my um, LPC uh, when I get my grad degree. Um, so yeah, that kind of went hand in hand with my decision. And eventually I also, I have all of these goals. I eventually want to get my sex therapy certification. And so then all of those things will eventually work together um, and, and create just a really well-rounded um, clinical experience so that I can offer music therapy or I can offer counseling if that's more your speed or sex therapy if there's some things that are underlying your traumas and making it very difficult for you to um, become pregnant or maybe some things are coming up in your pregnancy or maybe your relationship has been really hard and you know let's talk about it and let's let's work through it through music so um it's going to probably take me until I'm 40 to get all of this done, but <laughs> but um, I'm really excited to see how all of those things can work together. Yeah, you're going to be one of those people that has like 
a million letters after their name. <laughs> yes. My joke is how many letters can I add to the end of my name? <laughs> so, but I'm excited and I have an awesome partner who supports me and has been so encouraging through all of this because I think for me, like it's, I'm excited to go back to school. I'm a forever student, but I'm also kind of scared to go back. Um, you know, it's been two years and grad school is very different. And I, I kept asking myself, like, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to work full time and do grad school and start a business? And, you know, he's been so like, I'm right here with you, whatever you need. Like, we got this. He's coming with me. Um, part of my grad program is it's distance learning for most of it. And then the rest of it is um, in person. And so he's going to be coming with me to fly from Texas to Philadelphia for those couple of times that I have to be up there um, as my support. So it's nice that I have that at home. And when I'm going crazy, he, he calms me down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do sound excited about all of it, though, which is great. I am. I I don't know. It's it's fun when you discover your purpose um, and I was sharing with a group that I'm in that, you know, I discovered music therapy and knew that was my purpose. And then when I discovered like perinatal music therapy, it's like I rediscovered it. So going to school to even further that is like extremely exciting. And I know it's going to be a lot of work, but I know it's going to be so worth it in the end. Um, and then, you know, obviously part of a master's um, degree is, comes research. And so I'm excited to see you know, what'll pop up in my brain uh, as I'm going through my studies and um, just furthering the care that we're able to provide this population because it's pretty underserved. Yeah. 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 I'm excited to see where that all takes you as well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, thank you. part of the way, hopefully, uh, people will be able to follow that a little bit is you have your own podcast, or I should reiterate you have a, you co-host a podcast yeah All yeah right. clinical populations um yeah so I co-host I co that with um Gabby Banzen and um we are both songwriters and so the purpose of the podcast was we were looking for a different kind of music therapy podcast um and we're so glad that there's so many more popping up. Like at the time we were talking about, man, there's like nothing out there. And when I was a contract music therapist, I had nothing clinical or, you know, music therapy related to listen to. Um, and so being songwriters, we were like, Hmm, we should make this podcast about, um, almost like undiscovered songwriters break apart songs and then relate it back to what we do best music therapy. And so that's kind of how that was born. Um, and I mean, it's almost been a year and I'm like still stunned at the, um, you know, the response to it and the different opportunities that are coming from it. And it's so fun to, do like my favorite thing, which is listening to songs and talking about them. <laughs> um, and then have everybody just, you know, um, be so excited to listen to it. So I think it's, it's just been a really fun process and we didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And it definitely has been really cool to see how far it's come. 
It's uh, my favorite part is when you have the artist on and you show them or tell them how their work can be used in a music therapy session. Yeah. And I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, you know, um, Dr. Michael Viega is also a rotating co-host and he has had so many insightful thoughts about, you know, certain artists that he is friends with and has worked with and like has made music with um, and how he's explained to them, you know, how their song can be used clinically um, or how it's been used clinically. And it's, I don't know, it's so cool to talk about that even as, as a music therapist, we know like how important it is, but then stepping away and just using that musician part of yourself, it's like, wow. (laughs) it's just so powerful and you kind of get that re-realization of we we use these songs in so many different ways and they can be seen from so many different perspectives um it's just a really neat thing to see how our our own experiences kind of inform how we would use those in a in a therapeutic sense and how um they speak to us in different ways but yeah how has that kind of sculpted your own songwriting and your own music creation? So I actually had stopped songwriting for a little while. Um, my first year as a professional, I was so busy. And um, it was my, so a lot happened that first year. It actually almost burned me out of the profession. Um, I was living completely on my own for the first time. Um, I was contracting and driving a lot I was working in a lot of different settings and working really, really long hours. And that was my own fault, just being new and not really knowing my limit, I guess, not really experimenting that with that limit. Um, And so I just was completely burned out clinically. I was completely burned out musically and just completely stopped writing. And then once I got the job here at My Possibilities and Gabby and I were doing this podcast and talking to these new songwriters and just being around new music again, um, it has kind of sparked my writing again. And so I've actually, I've written just in the last month or two, like three or four songs. They're not all finished, but um, it's something. And I'm playing with new sounds. I'm playing with new genres. I'm playing with way different ways of telling my story. So instead of making it all like talking to somebody, I'm playing with the scenery and, um, you know, the environment that I'm putting my listener in and playing with like, Even, I guess, the way that I talk to someone, it's more playful and less, like, descriptive. (laughs) Um, Because I I feel like my brain works in two different ways. Like, it can be very creative, but it can be very logical. And so sometimes that logical brain, um, the way that I write is, like, sometimes too literal. And um, I'm also a perfectionist, and that can be a detriment sometimes. And so I'm really working on creating a scene and less of like describing it in my words. So, um, yeah, I think it's just made me want to explore 
songwriting in a different way. That's that's great. I yeah. while you were saying that, it was making me think of how we do that in our sessions, how we create yeah. the scene in our sessions, or you set up the environment in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Or like and and it can turn into like I think of one particular client. It can turn into every week it's the same thing. It's the same like setup. And um and that's not even myself, that's the client just needing that. Um, that same setup, like we're at the piano and then he goes over and gets the drum and brings it over to the, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. Um, and so I'm trying to break out of that way of, of doing things. And there's nothing wrong with having that safety and security, but, um, I think creatively sometimes like it's fun to try speaking to your listener in a different way or telling the story in a different way, um, Or, you know, instead of um, talking to someone in your lyrics, just describing it from like a third person perspective, um, instead of saying I, you know, Um, so it's, it's been really fun for me too. And I feel like I've grown so much just through what we do on a daily um, that my writing, when I sat down for the first time to write again, it's like totally changed and it's easier (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like things just flow, um, in a different way. So that was really fun. Um, it wasn't such like a headache to sit down and man, this note isn't right. Or, Oh, this word stinks. And, um, yeah, but I also, so funny. We, I did a leadership training probably two months ago and, at, um, at my full-time job and they were talking about different, um, types of people. And my type of uh, person winds up being um, a peacock. And they were talking about how peacocks sometimes have a hard time, um, like, getting creative criticism or being, or they're, like, sometimes overly critical of their own creativity. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so me. (laughs) Um, But it's funny because that doesn't always pop up when I'm, when I'm with a client, you know, with the client, you're just, it's just, it just flows so naturally and and easily. Um, And so it's just kind of, it's funny to reflect on that, like, how easy it is, um, in the therapeutic process and how sometimes I'm so like wanting to get this product that I'm stifling the creative process. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. (laughs) So what other opportunities and experiences has clinical populations allowed you to have, or what are some of your favorite ones so far? Well, I think just exploring new music. um, I don't really do that anymore I found myself when I go home I want to be in in silence for a while um and I used to um sit down and like try to find new music and do all these things but now I think because I'm around music all day every day and singing all day every day that you know being home in the silence is okay um and so doing the the podcast like we get to listen to new music and discover new artists and find new sounds and genres. So that's been really fun. Um, getting to meet new people. So um, obviously I already knew Gabby, but I got to like officially 
meet Dr. Viega, um, and he's going to hate that I called him Dr. Viega, um, and, <laughs> and um, John, um, Jonathan Moon, and so, like, um, haven't officially met him yet, but at least we get to, like, chat when, we, um, when we're recording, um, and get to interview some really cool artists and some really cool um, music therapists that are also songwriters. Um, Kamika King was one that was on the podcast, and um, I knew her from school, so it was cool to like um, get to see her like from an artist perspective. Um, so that's been cool. And also, we have had the opportunity to record the podcast live at conferences, uh, at a conference, and we're going to be doing more conferences. Um, so we were accepted to the Southwestern Region um, Conference back in March. Wait, was that March? April. March. Sorry. All of my months are starting to run together. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, so we did that and that was such a cool experience to, um, like do our process in a live situation. Um, and we're going to get to do that again at the national conference in Minneapolis in November. And then we were also just accepted to the world Congress, uh, conference in South Africa next July. So my mind is like, pfft blown on that one um I've never been overseas so to like go to South Africa for my first overseas trip is gonna be so cool um yeah and you know just connecting with other music therapists um has been such a joy um I feel like it's expanded my network twofold like I, I felt so isolated my first year just from the nature of what I was doing and now I feel like I have a really great support system um and it continues to grow. Um, so it's, it's been a really cool experience. I'm going to admit that I'm jealous because I also <laughs> want to do some live interviews at conferences for the podcast. So yeah. anyone listening who's not necessarily a songwriter but wants to be on the podcast live at a conference, email me. <laughs> yes, do it. It. We were like are we going to like, let's just submit for fun. It's probably not going to be anything. And, um, you know, to get this response, it's like, wait, you really want to like have us? What? <laughs> um, so that was a really cool, that happened uh, two weeks ago that we found that out. So that was a really cool, um, text to receive from Gabby. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it's just, it's fun to kind of like have a, a platform and um to do it with with other um really amazing music therapists that have more experience than myself um I get to learn from them and um you know advocate for what we do because um I don't know I feel like word of mouth is probably the best way to advocate for music therapy and then you know if they're listening to the podcast they get to hear like how these songs would be applied um therapeutically so and it just kind of brings those explanations um it makes them more clear and, and concrete because um, i feel like a lot of people understand it better after they see how music therapy is done yeah yeah exactly. So what other long-term visions and ideas do you guys have for the podcast? Like, what do you want to see happen? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, so, well, for this next season, we're going to be doing more multicultural type music, um, inclusive of all different languages and perspectives and um, types of music. So I'm really excited to see like who we're going to have on, who we get to interview um, and, and what comes of it and how we could use um, multicultural music um, in our, in our practice. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, we also have this hashtag going right now. It's hashtag patient for Ben because we oh, yeah. really, really are dying to have Ben Folds on the podcast. Um, so please Ben Folds, if you're listening to Music Therapy Chronicles, um, you should be on both Music Therapy Chronicles and Clinical Populations. <laughs> we'll, we'll add the hashtag to That's all our right. posts. Right? <laughs> just just come on all the podcasts. Um, I've also... Uh, I've also really just been like pitching to other music, music centered podcasts. Hey, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, do you want to chat? Do you want to like come on and have us interview you? And, or do you have any music that you'd like to share? So really just getting more people outside of our community and people that we know, um, and just trying to build our audience, um, but yeah, I think the hashtag patient for Ben is like the biggest one right now. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, I did just listen to that episode and I yeah. was like, hmm, I wonder if that'll stick. So I'm glad to know it's sticking. Right? Yeah. And there's a t-shirt if you want one. I know Grant, Grant uh, who is going to be an upcoming co-host, has been sporting that one and even got some, hey, what is that? Let me write this down. So I guess t-shirts work. <laughs> no kidding. Wasn't there yeah. a YouTuber who did that? Like he wore a different shirt? And his I, videos and yeah and it like trends yeah I'm like a terrible I'm just learning like how to really effectively use social media for my private practice and so Gabby is like amazing at the social media game and she's teaching me all the things um I can create graphics all day but like coming up with all the different hashtags and stuff like uh I'm not good at, at promoting myself so um yeah, it's that's definitely started to come with being on this podcast. So like, okay, it's okay to promote yourself and, you know, have the hashtags and be ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> I can relate yeah. to that. But it's really yeah. nice that um, Gabby started the podcaster group on Facebook. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I'm excited about that. And to see like how many more podcast babies can be had. <laughs> <laughs> so I've said this off off recording before. I don't know if I've said it and recorded it, but have you read uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? No. So, OK, I downloaded the book because I'm I love the public library and I have I both get like the physical books and I have the um, like ebook thing. I downloaded it. And then I never read it, <laughs> but I want to. I've heard so many great things about that book. Highly recommend anyone listening read that book. But part of what she talks about is the the idea that ideas haha, are this like external entity and they will come to you. And if you don't act on them, they'll go away to someone else. And so the fact that a year ago, like music therapy podcasts weren't really a thing. And now all of a sudden there are tons of us. But also we have different aspects of it. Every yeah. one of ours is different, which is so phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's so fun. And I love I love this podcast because, you know, 
we don't always get to sit down and just like share our stories and how we came to be and, you know, what we do. And we're all so different. Um, and to take the time to like get to know everyone, it's just, it's really cool. It's like sitting and having a cup of coffee with a friend and like just talking about your life. Um, and, and why, why you chose to do this cool work. It's so awesome. So thank you for starting this. And thank you for introducing me to lots of new music because I also frequently sit in silence in my own time, <laughs> my, my own time, because it's just a lot of stimulation all day. I, it is. And, you know, I, I reflect back on my introduction to music therapy course my first semester of college and Dr. Nancy Hadsell was talking about how um, that was her thing when she would go home she would be in quiet or in the car she would be in the quiet and I was thinking to myself I'm never gonna do that I love having music music is always on I like sound you know growing up in a house of five kids like I love sound and then when I became a professional I was like I understand Dr. Hadsell I get it now and I appreciate the silence. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's also really important in our profession to leave time for self-reflection and even just having that quiet when you're making dinner or walking the dog, whatever you have to do, mm-hmm. you may not even notice it, but you you are processing your own thoughts more internally than if there was a stimuli going on auditorily. It's so true. And I actually have started telling my practicum students like, Hey, silence is okay. If the client is silent or they ask, I've had a few clients ask for quiet time cause I'll offer it to them cause they're just so overstimulated. And I'm like, it's okay. Silence is okay. We can sit and just be in the same room together and be quiet. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so many people are afraid of the silence. <laughs> That's an interesting interesting take on what we do because you know music therapists do think sound um and it gave me two thoughts one is when you're leaving the processing time Mm -hmm. and that's silence and I get Mm -hmm. questions all the time from caregivers and parents like why did the music just stop and the, Mm -hmm. the other one I'm thinking of is uh it's our job in a lot of situations to create the soundscape So, you know, you're probably not going to choose to sit in a room with no furniture where the sounds bounce off and everything is super overstimulating. But for certain people, the soundscape might be that silence. Yeah. 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 Especially like so um, in this program, they come from being in a a classroom environment to my therapy room and um, like one particular client will come from a music class because we have a music teacher. So he'll come from his music appreciation. Actually, no, it's his instrument class where it's very loud. There's a lot of stimuli happening um, to music therapy and he is done. I mean, just uh, stereotypical behavior and just not wanting to play his favorite instruments, not wanting to listen to his favorite songs. And so I'll give him the whiteboard and say, yes or no, quiet time. And he'll, he'll pick yes most of the time. And I'm like, okay, so we'll sit and chill for a little bit. And then eventually, you know, he'll be ready for more. But I mean, it's so important to just be able to read your client and, and know that silence can be musical too. And it's, it's a sound just like any other. So if that's what they need in the moment, I'm not going to force them into, um, 
you know, being overstimulated. So it's part of the process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm enjoying this conversation a lot and I want to keep going, but I also want to be respectful of your time. Oh yeah, you're okay. <laughs> so are you I ready know. to move into some rapid fire? Of course. Alrighty. So you've probably heard these since you listened to the pod. I have. <laughs> I'm ready. Bring it. <laughs> I'm going to, let's see, we'll do a test. Do you remember the first question? Oh, <gasps> coffee or tea? Yeah. Coffee or tea. Okay. So when I was listening and, uh, I was like, oh, how am I going to answer this question? And because I love both. So it depends on the day. Like today I have my Irish breakfast tea, even though it's, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> um, but most days it's different kinds of coffee. So it just kind of depends on the mood and how I'm feeling that day. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. I'm definitely most creative in the nighttime. And I do not like when my when my alarm goes off in the morning. <laughs> I'm trying to get better about it, but it's been really tough. Hopefully you have like a nice music, uh, therapeutically music alarm that wakes you up gently. <laughs> so I originally had birds, like birds tweeting, because I love birds. Even on my cup, I have like a ton of birds. And I actually started to hate the sound of the birds outside the window. And I was like, no, 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 this can't happen. And I finally realized it was because it was my alarm. (laughs) And so I changed it to this like wind chime that, you know, slowly increases the volume. And um, that's that's helped me not to hate the sound of birds. (laughs) Good one. I in my internship, um, I set my alarm. I also didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. And I set my alarm to the Lion King. So as soon as it went off, it's like, da, Shavinia, da, 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 da. It's like, okay, here we go. It's my motivation uh, for the day. Amazing. Sun rising. <laughs> I love it. Alrighty. Something you would tell your younger self? Hmm. I think right now in my life, um, Well, one, I mentioned it earlier, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to um, be vulnerable. I think for a long time I held on to my emotions and it really wasn't until I was in music therapy school that I started realizing the benefit of just being vulnerable and being open with other people about how I'm feeling and that it's okay to not have good days and it's okay to tell people I'm not in a good mood. Um, but also to like, I would tell her to try new things. And like, for instance, my birthday was last Wednesday and I just got a tattoo this weekend, my first one. And it was just like one of those things that I told myself I would never do. And then my, one of my best friends was like, all right, we need to go get tattoos. And I was just like, okay. So just, you know, adding spontaneity and trying new things into, into my life. Um, so I would tell her to, to not be afraid to do all those things. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. 27. I'm excited. Getting closer to 30. I'm actually excited for 30. (laughs) Good for you. I think there's a lot of, um, cultural shock around for uh, 30 right now. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And I'm like, you know, I'm excited about 27. 26 is great. And I think 27 is going to be awesome. But I'm, I'm excited for 32 and to see like, what kind of new life that brings. Good for you. Yeah. Your music therapy elevator speech. Okay, so I have quite a few. Um, but I'll give you the one for like my private practice. 
Um, and I'm actually going to click over because I kind of have it written on my website. Um, so I say, um, every person, we believe every person is a rhythmic musical being with something to offer the world. We also believe that individualized creative experiences can provide growth, wellness, and change in your life, as well as encourage self-expression, self-care, and family and relationship bonding through different music methods, such as songwriting, music listening, and music-assisted relaxation. And that's that. Awesome. You got a lot in there. (laughs) I was like, that's a lot of words. <laughs> it's weird when you, when you um, like I've said it a few times at um, expos and things and people are like, ooh, tell me more. And then when I actually have to say it without like actually pitching my services, it sounds funny. <laughs> gotcha. But you do explain well in there, like different things that music therapists touch on and things we do and methods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had to do an elevator speech in my um, perinatal music therapy class, and it was like way more words than I just said. So I'm always working on paring things down to like less verbiage. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you can see sometimes people get like the glazed look of I'm just not understanding what's happening right now. Yes. I'm, I'm one of those I'd much rather show them what we do <laughs> than try to pitch it to them. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Luckily, there's a lot more um, video resources out there now yes. that you can yes. like, here's a session. Look at this. Right? Yeah. Watch the cool music being made. Your favorite yeah. self-care practice. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so I love going and getting my nails done. Um, so I think that's like my once once every month or so like treat. Um, but also, um, like sitting in the bath and either reading a book or listening to a podcast is probably like my go-to. Um, and then also like having quality time with my partner, like that means so much. I think that's my love language is spending quality time. Um, so that brings a lot of self-care to the table. Um, just doing things with him. I'll have to link the five love languages for anyone who doesn't know what that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, one. I'm definitely definitely one of those that's like, I like spending time together. Something that's currently adding value to your life. Ooh, okay. So I have been really into um, like self-development and spiritual type books and podcasts. Um, and I have been for a while, but I started like rediscovering them recently. So one of my favorites, her name is Gala Darling and she is like, you love her? Oh, yes. I love she, Gala Darling. She is like pink and sparkly and just everything that I love. And, um, her book Radical Self Love is, I've read it three times. Um, and I have her second book that should be released here pretty soon. Um, And I mean, she just, she is no holds barred, like just, I don't know. I, I, I aspire to be as, um, open and confident as she is. And I love how she encourages and empowers women to just go be their baddest self. And, um, so that's, she's someone that I am like 
always, you know, listening to podcasts that she's on and, and reading her book and, um, on her Instagram. Um, it's just at Gala Darling. Um, so yeah, super cool lady. Um, but yeah, just really, really into, um, focusing on how I can, um, take care of myself spiritually and, um, make myself a better person and really focus on bringing more, um, positivity and, and good thoughts, um, into my life. So, um, it's brought a lot of different changes and I think it has brought me to where I am today. So I'll just continue to do that. And I encourage everybody listening to do the same. Yeah. Check out Gala. She's great. Do you listen to, uh, the almost 30 podcast? No. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to check that out. I'll link it for the listeners too. Nice. Um, they have a pretty wide range of like everything from entrepreneurship to personal development to like Mm -hmm. just health related things with the current climate of literal climate change and everything else involved so yeah I love it yeah I love anything entrepreneurial so I yeah I've been listening to a lot of that too and Gala has a lot of it um and the creative business breakdown is another one run by some music therapists um Rachel and I'm blanking on her name. Oh my goodness. I can't remember her name. That's terrible. Um, but their podcast is really cool too. So that's been really neat to hear, um, two music therapists that are running a business and, and talking about their, what they're going through. Um, especially because I'm just in my (laughs) infancy of my, (laughs) of my perinatal uh, business. (laughs) And if you're a listener and you haven't checked out Rachel Rambach's episode, She's episode two yes, of the Music Therapy yeah. Chronicles, so check it's that out episode. with her. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> uh, your favorite intervention or song to use in sessions? So I actually was thinking about this today with a client. Um, so, so far, Let It Be has been really popular lately with my clients. Um, and it's not one that like I've really introduced. It just keeps coming up. Um, but this one, my client is, um, very limited in his speech. Um, and I gave him a choice of some different songs and he chose let it be. And I mean, he was just singing at the top of his lungs today and it was so beautiful to hear him singing and, um, just so free and able to, to voice, um, the words. So that, that song is just so powerful and it's a beautiful message. It's just being at peace and where you are. And, um, you know, it's fun cause we were swaying together too. So it's just one of those that's just, it's loving, it's calm. Um, and it just reminds them to let it be. And no matter where you are outside of this room, you can come in here and just have a peaceful space. So, that song has been really important. But um, as far as interventions go, I have been really into incorporating breathing into some music therapy. I'm sorry, music assisted relaxation. Um, so um, one of them I actually found from my chiropractor. He does um, somatorespiratory integration and it's using breathing to become more aware of your body. So um, I've incorporated that into um, some classical music and use it with my groups and I used it with a fertility group um, an infertility support group and the women loved it and said that that's like 
that was the uh, calmest part of their day. And it was such a, an interesting experience and that they were going to take it home and, and utilize it. So that was really cool to hear. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of things. <laughs> great. Thank you. And finally, where can people find you, connect with you? I'll link clinical populations, but throw out all the handles. Yeah. So um, you can check out my possibilities um, just in Google, just my possibilities um, and see the cool stuff that we're doing. We're a nonprofit. So we also have like donations and events that come up um, that you can come and be around. Uh, either come here or um, donate um, and be supportive that way. Um, and then my private practice is Music and Miracles. Um, so I am on Instagram and Facebook, and I have a website. And all of those are M and M Therapy. So M-A-N-D-M Therapy. Um, and, I th- and then obviously uh, Clinical Populations. Um, I think those are all the places. I have a lot. (laughs) That's not a bad thing. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me. This was a really easy conversation in the best way possible. (laughs) Well, thank you. It was so awesome to like meet you and talk to you and be on here. And um, thank you for this podcast. It's really fun to listen to. And thank you for yours. I'm really excited. I won't be at National Conference. I couldn't make it happen this year, but I hope in the future to see you guys at a conference. Yes, yes. We we will have to run into each other at a conference. Maybe we should (laughs) do like a podcast forum or something. Yeah. Conference, all of us. Yeah. Yes. Like, or do like a podcast meetup somewhere that's not like conference, but just a time when we can all meet and a place that's like convenient. Yes. Yeah. We're going to make that happen. Yes. Right. I love it. You're a podcaster. Be on the lookout for those things. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. Have fun with your training. Thank you. I will. That's a nice way to end the day. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was such a fun conversation, and I feel like Allison and I could have just gone back and forth for several episodes worth of content. Uh, So I really appreciated talking to a fellow podcaster, hearing the vision for clinical populations. I, too, hope to do some conference stuff in the future. So my vision's a little different for that. Uh, I really want to just record someone's, some people's presentations, you know, things that they're already doing put that into an episode so that other people who couldn't attend the conference or went to a different region can still get the benefit of hearing that presentation. So if you are presenting at a conference uh, and are interested in being recorded and promoting yourself maybe that way, please send me an email at feedback at musictherapychronicles.com and uh, maybe we can set something up. That would be really cool. That's it for this week's episode, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks so much for tuning in. Mm -hmm.